Welcome to Practicing Courage, a space where we're dedicated to exploring what it means to live well and engaging in practices that support finding the courage to do so. Before we get started today, I have some exciting news that I want to share with you. Once a month, I'm going to be offering a free community event held live over Zoom. It'll run for one hour and will follow a really simple structure. I'll lead us through some guided practices. You'll have the opportunity to connect with other community members, and there will be dedicated space for Q&A. The first of these events will kick off on September 30th, which is a Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific time. If you're interested in joining, all the info, including the Zoom details, can be found in the Practicing Courage community. Now, whether you're already a member or if you haven't had the chance to sign up yet, please head to practicingcourage.com forward slash community. And I hope to see you on the 30th. Now, let's go ahead and get into our practice for today. I'd like to begin in this way. There's a popular narrative of a lone hero, a narrative that's often been romanticized and celebrated in the United States and perhaps other cultures that lean more toward individualism. The idealized picture of the rugged individualist pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, doing it all on your own, being gritty, resilient, and fiercely independent. Essentially, being courageous. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I've found interesting about this narrative is how it's been romanticized when, at least for me, it seems to place a lot of pressure on an individual to be courageous. Pressure that perhaps isn't always necessary. And so years ago, when I began exploring the topic of courage, I started to ask questions about this narrative, including in many conversations on the Courageous Life podcast. Questions like, what if we flipped the script and looked at how we could take some of that pressure off of others? And how we could create conditions where other people could be courageous around the things that matter to them more often. Or taking it a step further, and maybe this is a wild idea, where individuals didn't have to be courageous. Now, if we began to explore questions like this, and we took the answers and applied them, what might the impact be? These questions are really at the heart of today's really simple practice. You ready to dive in? The next time you're with someone, try asking them this. How are you? My guess is that some sort of knee-jerk or automatic response may come up like, busy, good, fine, okay. Fill in the blank with whatever adjective you want there. Now, once that automatic response is out of the way, try this, slow down and ask again. No, really, how are you? Now, in my experience, which of course is limited, the key here isn't the question itself, 
It's more the way that you ask it and how you show up as you listen to the answer. I'll share a quick related story with you. I remember being in my first job out of college, a period where I was going through a lot of transition. And my boss at the time, and this was a few weeks into the new job, asked me, how are you? And you can probably guess how I responded, a knee-jerk reaction. I'm good. They slowed down. They looked me in the eye. They were at ease, relaxed, not in a rush. And they asked again, no, really, how are you? In that simple and generous act, they opened up space for me to be authentic. They gave me permission to feel however I might be feeling in that particular moment. And they did so not solely because of the question they were asking, but in the way they were showing they really wanted to hear the answer, no matter what it was, good, bad, or otherwise. How is this resonating with you? Perhaps you're thinking about a time where someone asked you this question and the impact on your own experience. Now, before we move toward a close, I wanted to offer two last pieces. The first is I recognize there's a possibility that you may be wondering at this point, does this really have anything to do with unlocking courage? All you're doing is asking a simple question about how someone's doing. So here's a thought about that. Brene Brown, a leading courage researcher and best-selling author, calls vulnerability our most accurate measure of courage. And from her research, she's come to define vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Now, with these three qualities in mind, asking, how are you? And demonstrating that you really want to hear the answer and that you care about the person, likely will decrease both risk and uncertainty for them because you're showing you're here for them. You're open and you want to hear what they have to say. Additionally, you'll likely decrease the intensity of their experience of emotional exposure because you're gently inviting them to share how they're feeling, whatever those emotions may be, and are creating a caring space for them to be heard. So long story short, from my view, if courage in the form of vulnerability here is made up of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, and asking, how are you, really, likely reduces all three of these components, then, by definition, you are creating conditions for courage. The courage of showing up more authentically, even if it's just for a few moments in that person's day or week. And in doing so, you're giving them permission to be human. And that is a gift. Now, here's the second and last piece. And to share this with you, I want to bring in another voice. Olympian, professional women's soccer player, and past goalkeeper for the Canadian national women's soccer team, Steph Labbe. Here are some of her thoughts about the impact of being around people who create the types of conditions we've been talking about. She shared this during our conversation that centered on the theme of finding the courage to become your best self. Take a listen and see what you think. 
first I think about the people around you allowing you to be your true authentic self. When you surround yourself with those types of people that really add to you and where you really feel like you can be your genuine, real self around them. I think that leads you to not be afraid of failure and judgment and yeah, negative feedback, I guess, from them. So then it allows you to be more free to make mistakes and be courageous and try new things and get out of your comfort zone because you know that those people are supporting you to be your best self. And I think at the same time, when you become that, then the more vulnerable you are and the more you are not as afraid of fear and are more courageous in trying new things without even saying anything, you're going to inspire those people to do the same as well. And they're going to know that because you're being so vulnerable, they can also be vulnerable and you'll be able to share that connection. Now, as we close and you get ready to move into the rest of your week, I would invite you to experiment with this practice whenever it feels appropriate. To recap, ask, how are you? Wait for the automatic reaction. Then slow down. Ask again. How are you really? Stay present. Demonstrate care. Listen deeply. Show empathy. And last but not least, as Steph mentioned, avoid judgment or trying to fix someone. As you practice in this way, see how it goes. And if it does, in fact, increase authentic connection as you create the conditions for the person in front of you to be more courageous. Thank you for your practice today. I really look forward to continuing with you again next Tuesday. 